Happy Lunar New Year, everyone. It's the year of the rabbit and a big one for Bugs and Lola. So, of course, you realize this means Are podcast. Are you ready, eager young space cadet? Meep, meep. Where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. Hello, and welcome to Of Course You Realize This Means Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Graves, and with me today, it is my producing partner and wife, Sabina Graves, joining me in the closet (laughs) to discuss all things Wabbit. Our our podcasting rabbit hole. Uh, In our little podcasting rabbit hole, yes, indeed. We had a slew of Warner Brothers collaborations come out this week, as well as big news from the beginning of the year. It's been a while since we've been back, because the last podcast we recorded was in July, where we (laughs) talked about the Lunaverse of... Looney Tunes basically coming out of Comic-Con and all the news that dropped then. So we have a lot of news to discuss now as so many projects have been coming out of the woodwork and we've been given so many little tie-ins of not only merchandise and clothing and apparel, but so much celebration around Warner Brothers that it's hard not to talk about. And then you have the Brendan Fraser Oscar nominee for leading actor for The Whale And as Looney Tunes fans know, he was one of the stars of Looney Tunes Back in Action. And we also had big news with LeBron James this week, as he became the first NBA player to score 40 points against every NBA team, which is all 30 of them. uh, And he's the first ever to do that. So Plus the team in... Yes. Space Jam, A New Legacy. Yes, of course. Plus, Plus the, the Goon Squad. Yes. <laughs> so that's 41. To be fair, Wiley Coyote was really the MVP of that game. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, so we have a lot to talk about, including Wiley Coyote. Thank you for bringing that up. Coyote versus Acme may be delayed because Barbie took its initial release date. And again, we haven't been on the air for a minute, so we haven't talked about it, but there was a a leaked Warner Brothers calendar that said in Brazil the film was releasing in 2024, still a TBA on the actual date. So I think, just to get my opinions out there, I think that is, as, as international releases go, they're usually different from domestic anyway. So that could just be the international release date, and it still releases in November or late 2023 sometime. So that was my take on that. Do you have any opinions on if Coyote vs. Acme is coming out in 2024? I hope to see it this year, as has publicly been, you know, discussed as its potential release year. Yeah, I would hope so, too. But um, it doesn't have a release date yet, so... That's why everyone's freaking out a little bit. But back to topic, let's talk about Bugs Bunny and the Year of the Rabbit tie-ins. So we have a slew of shops that are going to have Looney Tunes merchandise, mainly with Bugs or Lola or both on them, including Kohl's, Boss, Moschino, Scotch and Soda, Cotton On, Gap, New Era, and by affiliation, Fila. 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 Uh, Desigual. I don't know how you say that one. Desigual. Desigual. CPS Chaps. 
Um, yeah, there's so many. <laughs> there's so many Baskin Robbins, but this comes with a caveat. A lot of these are brands that are international, but some of them will be in the States. We recently went to the mall and walked into a Scotch and Soda where we got to see a lot of the Looney Tunes line. Yes, and even more of that was online that they were going to get in stores soon. So it wasn't all there yet. And I think as the year rolls out, we'll see more and more. Another one is uh, Unique Vintage is doing a line as well. And it, it just goes on and on. There, there's a big celebration for it, as well as Warner Brothers Movie World in Abu Dhabi. They're celebrating the Lunar New Year with new outfits for the characters to wear. So if you're there, definitely get a photo. Yes. And they literally jumped from their Christmas outfits, which their Christmas celebrations went past the new year for like a week before switching over to preparations for their Lunar New Year costumes. Yeah, we're a little sore about that topic and we'll get there. But <laughs> we, we did uh, visit Fiesta, Texas over the holiday break and the characters were not out and the play was not going on. There was a, a new like Looney Christmas play that they had the characters for, but it was not going on when we were there. So, yes, we're a little sore about them not having the characters out. Meanwhile, the fully branded Warner Brothers world. I'm pretty sure I'm on this podcast talking about the journey we've been on of not running into Bugs Bunny and well, Santa Bugs consecutively for three years at this yeah. point. And it's Santa Bugs specifically. We've, we've, we've met Bugs Bunny as Bugs Bunny, but we haven't met Santa Bugs. And that is the, the you know, the carrot against your, your kidney. Like you're <laughs> trying to find him and he's just elusive. He just evades us. He evades us every year. Every year. Cartoon E2 is also uh, putting out a Lunar New Year short, which you can already watch. It's a two-minute short from the Bugs Bunny Builder Show, which is a fascinating uh, look at the celebration. It in- invites all of the characters to partake in the celebration and has Bugs and Lola underneath the little dragon costume, the, the parade dragon. And there's a fireworks display. It's really nice. They talk about the foods the and the different food. culture yes. that is represented in the Chinese New Year. And it is wonderful for kids to see that. And I love that they put that out in celebration as well. Oh my gosh, yeah, I thought it was really adorable and, you know, just a way to really um, invite different um, people into a culture that is celebrating rabbits this year and what that symbolizes. Yes, another celebration of rabbits comes from the newly announced Tiny Toons Lunaversity. This is produced by Amblin alongside Warner Brothers Animation, and is set to come out this year. We have a a, a stern year date <laughs> a fixed of year. 2023. A fixed year date. So we're looking forward to that, hitting HBO Max this year. And we can also expect to see some, very soon, new Looney Tunes cartoons. There was one report that said it was coming out this month, but that has been uh, debunked. By another source, and uh, we're just waiting to see a trailer, and then we'll have new Looney Tunes on our hands, and I guarantee you that's going to include Ralph Phillips, which we saw at Comic-Con, a little brief section of, and I cannot wait to see that entire short. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. Yes. 
And if you haven't checked out my interview with the director, Ryan Kramer, he talks a little bit about directing that short and he was in the, the mix stage of it. So he hadn't seen the full thing yet, but he's excited for it to come out as well. Along, we also have Scopely joining in on the fun with their celebration of the Year of the Rabbit with a month long limited time event. Players can unlock two brand new epic rabbit characters, Lunar Bugs and Lunar Lola. These characters have been shown on my Instagram, this means podcast over at Instagram, as well as the, uh, the World of Mayhem blog. It's a wonderful thing to see these characters get these new makeovers and get these new costumes, but also the way that the kids are interacting with them is really important too. And to see those symbols and, you know, um, just, you know, side tangent, a lot of devastating news around the culture because of the way Americans have placed value on objects over lives. Yeah. On a, on a somber note, our, our thoughts and obviously actions need to be taken. Um, but things need to change here in these, in the States because we've had too many shootings and it is a very important change that needs to be made on a government level. And we just hope that, things are in the works to get that rectified because there are too many accounts of innocent lives being taken due to gun violence and that is not okay no it's not it's not okay and you know in in our field that we work in there's a lot that we're here to celebrate and to support and that is you know um, an audience that's composed of people of all ages and you know making sure the value of of their lives is um continuously fought for is very important to us absolutely and it is one thing to celebrate a culture and you know, having these characters be a part of that celebration is, I think, somewhat interesting <laughs> because, you know, Warner, we all know the history that Warner Brothers has with depicting Asians and these these cultures in their cartoons as well as their movies. And it, it's a really big thing for, you know, now we, we get the opportunity to, to see these stories told from the right perspectives yes. in a way that really pays tribute to the belonging that they have um, within, you know, our world culture. And, um, you know, that goes with just all of the different things that are being done to celebrate the Year of the Rabbit everywhere. Yeah. There's another rabbit that we want to touch on, which is not a Warner Brothers rabbit, but a Disney rabbit <laughs> that is being proclaimed under the guise of nostalgia with a ride at Disney World and Disneyland. And the Disney World ride has just closed. And that is Burr Rabbit. And that ride is Splash Mountain. And that film is Song of the South. 
Sabina, do you want to put your... Uh, You're putting me on the t- spot. <laughs> you wrote the I article. I did write the article. Which that you can read on Gizmodo, on Gizmodo right now. Right now. Um, but yeah, no, that, that goes back to the problematic appropriation of folklore that happened with the Uncle Remus tales, um, which later inspired Walt Disney's appropriation of those tales into his animated movie. And, you know, I'm a big Disney fan, but as a big Disney fan, I think, you know, they're not without the need for criticism because that's the only way things are going to evolve within the things and, and stories and characters we love that we don't always necessarily want to see go away. However, there is a line. Um, and there's always been a, a, a sort of misunderstanding that Splash Mountain is okay, quote unquote, because the ride never included the human characters that represented an idyllic post-Civil War relationship between a slave and a slave's master's child um, because the ride only included the animated characters. And because the film has been kind of, you know, put kept in the vault, as it were, um, the context of these characters has never quite been reexamined in the way that Looney Tunes have been examined because, you know, Warner Brothers took the initiative... Uh, for every Looney Tunes release to come out and add a disclaimer, add, add disclaimers to episodes. Yes, that said that these cartoons depict certain problematic things that were wrong then and wrong now, but it would be uh, irresponsible to erase them from existence and not present them as they initially were created, so that a way conversations can be had and people can learn from those mistakes. Right. Now, I'm not saying that a Song of the South should be put on Disney Plus um, because that is a more um, nuanced conversation that needs to happen uh, in regards to what exactly to do with that property. Uh, obviously, the power is that B, including Bob Iger, who, when Disney Plus launched, said that film is not a good sort of reflective um, picture for our times. Um, however, you know, you, you still have this sort of floating misunderstanding and nostalgia of through Splash Mountain, which the Disney World uh, location of, of that, you know, side of the attraction just closed down and the one at Disneyland has yet to close down, but it drew out large crowds and, you know, um, a lot of people were very emboldened by just the the show of um, support for its final ride. Um, and I'm, I think I'm getting a little long-winded here, but <laughs> basically, you know, um, it's okay to let go of that, you know, that it, it represents something that even with those animated characters, because uh, I think we're just like at, at the top of this part of the segment, Br'er Rabbit is a character that was appropriated by old Chandler Harris, who wrote the Uncle Remus folk tales back in 1880, literally almost a hundred years before Splash Mountain opened, took those 
you know, critters that the writer's known for, like Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Fox, and, and the bears, from the stories that African-Americans during the era of enslavement um, would tell each other as sort of personas, like sort of the Anansi tales, to cope and resist the stuff that was going on with them at the time as, you know, they fought for freedom. Yeah, essentially it is just that if people could let go of the nostalgia they have for these characters that they've been led to believe because of the erasure of the true history of Song of the South, Yes, that it's okay to hold on to at least those parts of the ride, but it's... It's it's bad. <laughs> it's it's, it bad. it's still bad, you know, and um, and it, the the ride is still up at Disneyland. Yeah, and I don't know when it's gonna or if it's gonna turn into Tiana's. It is both ride as both well. okay. The Disneyland and Disney World versions of Splash Mountain are gone and will be turned into Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Okay, which is actually being made and and imagineered by an incredibly diverse group of talent yeah. that went to New Orleans to get to know the culture and bring it into focus for this new iteration of the ride based on a story people more wanted more um chapters of yeah and, and they have, that's they very exciting new stories with mm-hmm. these characters they can have new interactions with these Tiana characters Tiana is a princess she is a chef <laughs> she is not a frog throughout this so you know we're excited for this sort of sequel through the ride <laughs> Yeah and it's a great character and you you know you're taking something that is you know a, a heavy cloud over the Disney brand and you're putting something that is a beacon for right. for new stories for diversity like that I think that's great I think that's a good move it is a good move, but it's still a move that needs an evolution because, let's be real, Tiana deserved her own ride to begin with. Yeah. Um, standalone and, and not necessarily, you know, as a, a Band-Aid over this or like, you know. Not necessarily a, her own ride, but uh, just another story. It oh, could yeah, have been a TV she, show. It she, could well, been... she is going to have a TV show. Oh, okay. And that's going to be awesome, I hope. And I'm, I'm very excited for it. Yes. Well, you do realize this is a Warner Brothers podcast, <laughs> so we got to transition back over to... Hey, hey, War- you opened this can of worms. <laughs> no, I, I, I thought for a second you were going to talk about Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, who is celebrating the Lunar New Year at Disney California Adventure as well. All right, Disney person. <laughs> yes, uh, we I all love Oswald. your wife. <laughs> Uh, but back to Bugs and Friends. <laughs> we also wanted to congratulate Michael Rucco and Candy Milo, who both got nominations for Annie Awards, which is the animation awards similar to the Oscars every year. And they were nominated for their work on the Witch Hazel short, Hex Appeal, which we saw at Comic-Con and came out with the Halloween Spectacular uh, for the Looney Tunes cartoons segment of that last batch and it was a phenomenal short i loved everything about it and i thought candy milo really harnessed her june foreyisms and one medium-sized spider my goodness (laughs) what they can't brew these days and made it her own modernized it but also just did a really good job of bringing witch hazel to life and you know it i love the fact that looney tunes is still in the in the award season, you know, uh, discussion. 
that's what I love about seeing them in these different shows. We had Eric Bauza at the tail end of last year getting an Emmy nom and then winning his Emmy win for Bugs Bunny, for Daffy Duck, for Tweety, mm-hmm. for Marvin the Martian, all of them. And now we see Candy Milo getting praise from the Annie Awards. I think this is a really great thing for, for Looney Tunes. And, you know, just going forward, I hope that there's still this appreciation given to these cartoons, whether they're a part of Looney Tunes cartoons or something other, like another series or something like that, because we don't know what's going to happen going forward with Looney Tunes as a brand. We know we have some movies that are in the works. We have the Coyote movie, which is supposed to come out this year, but may not. Um, <laughs> I mean, per, as, per the release that uh, I received, um, definitely we'll be seeing Tiny Tunes and more Looney Tunes this year. Yeah. Um, but that could also just mean that whatever I have been relayed information-wise just applies to television. So right. nothing concrete yet on the movie side. Right. So we know that there are projects in the works. We just hope that they are still given the the boost they need and they are respectful for the characters that came before. And they're uh, along the lines of like continuing the legacy that they are a part of. So that's what we hope for. Brendan Fraser was also on the Drew Barrymore show where he talked about uh, Bruce Lenoyle, who was the puppeteer from the Jim Henson Company and so many other wonderful projects who actually worked on Looney Tunes back in action. And Brendan Fraser knew him by name, gave him a shout out. Uh, he was the one that had the Bugs and Daffy puppets on on set with him. And I mean, and then he bragged about knowing Daffy and working with Daffy and Bugs. And like, that is just so cool. He never talks about, uh, you know, working on that movie. So for him to acknowledge it in that way, I thought that was really cool. I shared a clip of that on the Instagram, which you can check out right now. So much for your eye lines. You don't have that. I'm looking at a piece of tape on a tennis ball. Right. Kind of feeling. You can interact with one another, which made perfect sense. And, um, also, I have bragging rights to uh, having worked with Daffy Duck properly in the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Daffy is a real jerk, I'm telling you. Well, you know, he... I mean, Bugs, on the other hand, he's the Iceman, seriously. I love Bugs! I'm tight with Bugs, Dude, you know? I raised my... He really is a good guy. People go, what's he really like? No, seriously, he's a good guy. I raised my kids on Looney Tunes. I feel very That's what strongly. Made me want to act. I think everything you need to know about acting, you can find a lesson for in a Warner Brothers cartoon, particularly by Tex Avery. I think that's all of the news. That was a lot of news. That was a lot of news. But let's go into our review of Six well, I mean, Flags like, Fiesta Texas. No, we are going into our 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 holiday. You know, um, I know the the podcast has been sporadic in the in the past few months. Um, However, you know, we we did do a good share of adventuring in the name of Looney Tunes. (laughs) (laughs) We did. Uh, While we were in Texas, we made a trip out to San Antonio where we went to my childhood stomping ground, uh, Six Flags Fiesta, Texas, where I was for sure that we would see the characters in their Santa costumes. Yes, because Christmas every costumes. year, every year that we have tried to see the Looney Tunes in their holiday gear at Six Flags Magic Mountain, uh, we we don't. We don't get to see them. Um, 
<laughs> there's the the holiday in the park where we drove past Bugs Bunny as he turned his little tail in his Santa suit and went up off off stage. And then there was the year after that when we attended the media preview event of Holiday in the Park, or the opening night of Holiday in the Park, rather. And uh, Bugs and Daffy were out, but not in their holiday gear. Yeah. And so Jonathan would tell me at the end of each one of these, like, it's not like Texas where they're 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 over there. That's where you can <laughs> you can go there and see them in their costumes. And we always knew that whenever we were going to visit family during the holidays, that we would try to experience holiday in the park. And the, the slight caveat to that is my memory of Texas Six Flags is Astroworld from the 90s up until I left Texas or I left Houston, rather, in 2004, and my memory of a child, again in the 90s, going to Fiesta, Texas. So I thought nothing had changed. Boy, was I wrong. (laughs) So much had changed. And even though the Wiley Coyote uh, Roadrunner Railway, the Roadrunner Express, was still there, and still a fun ride. They had removed Wiley Coyote from it. <laughs> there was the outline against like some of the rock work. Yes, I do not line up for an outline of a character. I line up for the character. And anyway, so back in the nineties, they had these. Uh, it's kind of like the goat. Uh, going back to Disneyland, it's got like the goat at the Big Thunder, Big Mountain. Thunder Mountain, where if you like look to your right as you're going around a turn, you can see this goat next to a rock. Well, you could have seen Wiley Coyote next to a rock, but he was prepping an Acme device to try to catch the Roadrunner, and you would hear these zip zab zooms as he was firing off these Acme products to catch the Roadrunner, which you were as. A as a participant in the ride vehicle, you were the roadrunner. We were not beep beeping y'all. <laughs> it was just so disappointing to see this ride just decay and not have the same magic that it had whenever I was a kid. But then I, I still had fun with it though. But then we went over to Nighty Night Bugs, and that is still awesome. <laughs> Wait, the ride is called Nighty Night Bugs? Or is it called something else? Oh, it's called the, something the else. Water, the yeah. water flume ride. Bugs, bunnies, white the, the, water the rapids. The non-problematic <laughs> water flume ride? Oh, yeah. One one water ride do, to another. Yeah, yeah. Only a fool would go after the singing sword. Yeah, 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 yeah. A good idea, fool. Wow. Unless you bring back the singing sword, you will be put to the rack, burned at the stake, and beheaded. Be, be, beheaded? <laughs> Bugs Bunny's Whitewater Rapids is the recreation of the classic Academy Award-winning short, Nighty Night Bugs, featuring Bugs Bunny as he's evading Yosemite Sam, who is a knight, and the dragon, who is continuously sneezing and allowing the fire breath to shoot out him, uh, usually at the detriment of Yosemite Sam. Like, it is a wonderful little ride, and it's a log ride, 
and you just go up and around and you see the you see Bugs Bunny but also the queue is really cute you have Bugs and you actually have the figures of Yosemite Sam and the dragon and the dragon snores and it moves its eyes it has LED like lights in, in his eye sockets and everything it's really cool and I really enjoyed seeing that still preserved but do you know if the ride itself still has the characters? Yes, it does. Oh. Yes, I got video of them from afar. But still, <laughs> they're in there. I did not ride it because it was too, too cold. cold. We, we happened to be <laughs> in Texas during the freeze. Yes. Luckily, we visited uh, Fiesta, Texas right after the freeze. So right after Christmas, when we ended up stranded in Texas, thanks to a certain airline that shall not be named... Yes, but it, thankfully it was warm enough to go and, and ride the roller coasters that we did ride and just be a part of the environment there. It was... Environment? Yeah, the it was a little... Underwhelming. Underwhelming, to say the least. Yes, I would, I would definitely agree there. They had a wonderful Looney Tunes shop. They had two, actually, two, two wonderful two Looney, Looney, Looney Tunes shops. shops that were great. One with really rare, I think that was the highlight for me, though, yeah. was the merchandise. You had the really rare shirts that featured Egghead Jr., which is Foghorn Leghorn's, like, son, or Miss Prissy's son, but, like, Foghorn Leghorn kind of, like, parents him. And uh, Granny was on one, Elmer Fudd was on one. Like really rare characters that you don't see they on had merchandise. Had re really great licensing options there. <laughs> yes, yes, and they had uh, a lot of Space Jam stuff, uh, New Legacy. They had just, I think, like some of the best merchandise I've ever seen uh, in person. Oh, for at sure. This place. They not only had classic Looney Tunes stuff, they had Looney Tunes cartoons things there. I got a shirt that has the new the Eric Bowser voice Marvin the Martian on it. Which is just like, what? That exists? Why isn't that in California? I got some really cute, like, Hawaii-style Looney Tunes outlines, like, crop tops and stuff. It was awesome. Yeah. So, definitely some aspects of the park were better than others. Definitely the the rides could use some, you know, fixing up. Um, we... we didn't ride too many other things outside of that that were Looney Tunes linked, uh, but there but were carnival also be, games. Yeah, there were carnival games, and there were um, sort of Bugs Bunny World style rides for kids, um, but you had to ride it with a child. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> there we, was a foghorn leghorn ride. And we're dinks, so... <laughs> Double income, no kids. No one knows what dinks is. I dating. just explained it. <laughs> Yes. But yeah, so we couldn't get on those rides. And I'm still just mad because I was expecting to finally reach a park where I could give my husband the gift of Santa bugs. <laughs> and it turns out that between Christmas and New Year's Eve, all the holiday shows are done and all the characters are on break. So we can't speak for all Six Flags, but for this one in particular... On the website, it says Holiday in the Park goes through New Year's. And for us to be there after Christmas, before New Year's, and not to have any of the shows going, not to see any characters outside, it was a real disappointment. 
Yeah, no, it, it just is a bummer because it wasn't explicit enough on the site that those shows would not be continuing. We literally walked up to the little theater space where the Looney Tunes Merry Holiday uh, Extravaganza play was supposed to be. And it said in like small letters, essentially, that, oh, this show only runs until Christmas Eve. What a phony Falark, that is. <laughs> what is a phony Falark? I don't know. I'm just making it up. But I was really upset. <laughs> Were you suffering succotashing? I was suffering something. Yeah. <laughs> I was suffering from lack of uh, succotash. And uh, yeah, so. You yeah, know. there was like no, there wasn't even any like hot cocoa stations up. They only had some of the <laughs> s'mores stations. How are you going to have a Christmas celebration without hot cocoa? And we didn't even have, like, there was no popcorn. Like, they ran out of popcorn. Yeah. And we went with Jonathan's mother. She wanted to see the passion play. She was all about this passion play. (laughs) And even that, I was like, I would have been fine at least seeing the passion play. Nope. They stopped the passion play. <laughs> as soon as it hit Christmas time they, or Christmas day, they were like, nope, that's it. That's it. Baby Jesus is out of the manger. <laughs> He's now a grown man. He's a grown man. <laughs> Got away for Easter. Uh, yeah. So that that's uh, pretty much our take on the Fiesta Texas fiasco, I would call it. Yeah. That and... should be the podcast name. The Fiesta <laughs> Texas fiasco. Not Year of the Wabbit? Well, you know, it is Year of the Wabbit. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, we we, uh, we did that. And then in early January, early this year, I had the pleasure of interviewing George Doherty. And he is the composer and co-creator of... The Bugs Bunny at the Symphony, which is now back after a three-year delay because of COVID. It wasn't able to run, and now it's back, and uh, they started in Vegas where, you know, they have this elegant theater, and Bugs was there. Bugs Bunny was there, mm-hmm. uh, as well as Chuck Jones's granddaughter, grandson. Um, I got to meet Craig again, Craig Cawson, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it was a really wonderful event. Um we uh, we got to take a lot of photos and uh, you know get to see live performances of these classic cartoons with a live orchestra in front of them, which is just wonderful on its own right and completely it, immersive because you get absolutely. the sound coming at you from all directions, all, all directions, and seeing the the breakdown of where certain instruments are being played to create those sounds is really cool. It's like yeah, like it's like a dissection, like like when you would watch those Mister Rogers episodes where he would take people behind the scenes at, at how like stuff was made and got to see how every moving part combines and works together to make a whole. I don't know if I'm the only one that remembers this. I think I might you might be. be. Yeah, I might. but that's Did I cool. dream this? Maybe no, I dreamt this as a child. <laughs> it was a wonderful deconstruct, is what it is. Yeah, and like it's it's happening in front of your eyes, but. Like your ears are just taking it all in because like your your ears know it, but your eyes have never seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the really fun part of that. Um, and they also played three of the mo- more modern uh, from the early 2000s. 3D animated Wile E. Coyote Roadrunner shorts. Which I really enjoyed because, you know, 3D animation for me or CG animation for me is very tricky for, for me to really get into. Yeah. Um, but they did a really good job of still embodying 
the iconic look of the characters in that medium and telling very um, breakneck and fun on-brand adventures between the two. Totally. And I had actually never seen them before, and they were all enthralling and creative, and I really enjoyed the direction that they all went. And I thought that the the newer music really accompanied those visuals mm-hmm. and was a throwback to the Carl Starling and Mill Franklin era of the classics. Right. So you have that, and that was wonderful. And then you had Dynamite Dance from Looney Tunes cartoons, as well as the Wet Cement short with Porky and Daffy. Mm-hmm. And those played so well with our audience. There was actually a kid behind you during the dynamite dance that you enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. And then obviously they have all the Wagner classics. Yeah, yeah. They have the What's Opera Doc and the Rabbit of Seville and um, the the Blue Donahue and uh, Corny Concerto. The Blue Donahue? The Blue Donahue? Is that the Isn't Blue Donahue? Don you. Don you. Don you. Don you. (laughs) (laughs) Moschino. Moschino. Don (laughs) I think Donahue came on after Murray. Like in the 90s. I don't know. There was those talk shows. It was fascinating, really. It's on Donahue. Anyways. um, Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? What's the next topic? Uh, the the other la the the last. I mean, it it shouldn't be the last topic. I should put it back into the news. But Dodgers is finally getting a Blu-ray release, and that was developed by Spike Brandt and Tony Cervoni, and co-created or, or you know he wrote a lot of episodes. Uh, Paul Dini from the animated series. Uh, he was a producer on it as as well as Tom Minton. Uh, Linda M. Steiner and uh, so many wonderful other animation uh, directors and creators of the early aughts. And this is the first ever Blu-ray release for this series. And I cannot wait to pick this up because I haven't seen all of the episodes and I and they're not on HBO Max. They never were. So I had no way of accessing them uh, except illegally, which I wasn't going to do. And so this uh, new Blu-ray release has not only all of the series, it also has the, a classic remastered version of Doug Dodgers in the 24th century, the 1953 Chuck Jones shorts. Wow. Yes. So I cannot wait for this gym to finally come out, uh, part of the WB100. And uh, that is a celebration of all of the WB catalog, uh, celebrating all the stories. And I don't know if... They're going to celebrate all the stories? I mean, that that's a lot of stories. <laughs> but we'll see how they do. I think that. they'll do very well, hopefully, because Movie World Australia is getting a Marvin the Martian ride that has nothing to do with the topic, because I don't know what I'm <laughs> talking about. Yes, this just came on our uh, social media. An intergalactic adventure with Marvin the Martian and this is going to, I guess, uh, be called Cosmic Boom and only available at Movie World in Australia. So book your flight now <laughs> to Australia. Uh, we don't know when these things are going to come out. We don't know. We don't have uh, specific dates. Actually, I do have a specific date for Duck Dodgers. That is March 28th. 
Other than that, I don't have specific dates for any other <laughs> Looney Tunes. There's thing. a sincere <laughs> lack of oxygen in, in this podcasting <laughs> closet. I'm a little concerned. It adds to the uh, 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 spontaneity of what is said in front of the mic. But yes, so Sabina, this has been a wonderful section of everything that we've uh, experienced over the holiday break. And mm-hmm. over the, the last holiday, or the last holiday is going into the new, new holidays. <laughs> now in the Lunar New Year. It's a Looney New Year. Looney, Looney New Year. <laughs> Warner Brothers 100. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's going to be a big year. I'm very excited for it. Yes. It is supposed to be a gigantic year, and WB100 is going to celebrate all stories from the Warner archives. And. Uh, they have a lot of new stories to tell as well, so it'll be fun to see those new movies, those new shows, and new Looney Tunes content that is set to come out this year. So we will see as it does. Oh, so, yes. <laughs> Sabina, where can people find you online? People can find me at gizmodo.com backslash io9. Talking about all sorts of fun topics. Including Bugs Bunny things. Including Bugs Bunny things. And you killed Tweety. And I, I people will remember me on io9 as the person who killed Tweety in her first month at the website. Uh, <laughs> Tweety, <laughs> a life in pictures. Um, yep, that that was me. Uh, <laughs> but it was a celebration for her 80th birthday. Like, Tweety is fine. His 80th birthday. Their 80th birthday. Yeah. Um, they're okay. They celebrated their birthday. It was awesome and fun. And then they won an Emmy. And then they won an Emmy. What a way to end the the celebration. <laughs> and then I and then I got the Tweety um, Otterbox collection that finally came out as well, and it's fantastic. It's like the pop socket phone case with the kickstand, and it's adorable, and I love it. Nice. Um, but I'm also too. excited for all the fun like anniversary times that are be are gonna be happening. It's gonna be great. I love your Looney Tunes bag, which I wore during the Bugs Bunny at the Symphony show. Yes. From Loungefly. Loungefly just uh, released uh d- domestically this the, week. This week the Looney Tunes cartoons, it's specifically Looney Tunes cartoons tie-in bag uh that has the characters on it, all of the characters around the entire bag, including Wiley and Roadrunner on the back of it. And inside, there's a little pouch that if you open it, it says, that's all, folks, and Porky's in there. It's it's so cool. And there's also a wallet, which is like an old school television. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Very well designed. Thank you, Loungefly, for sending. Yes, thank you, Loungefly. Jonathan, this collection. <laughs> so I totally am borrowing a lot. <laughs> is that where people can find you? At Loungefly? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just at Gizmodo. Um, people can also find me. On Instagram at Going Cool Places, where you will see us in action. I think are we? Yeah, we did a we did a collab. Yep, and that. our dog Gus and our dog Gus, um, and, and um, on Twitter at Sabina has no R because Twitter is still somehow going on. Although it feels <laughs> like it's being run by the Acme Corporation. <laughs> it really does. You can follow the podcast, but before you do, like and subscribe to the show if you're not already. Follow us over at Podbean. Follow us on Instagram at This Means Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OFC This Means Pod. And Facebook, This Means Podcast, for all the news and all the, the art 
around the world that is uh, celebrating these characters as they are celebrating 100 years for Warner Brothers, but also uh, they're doing a really cool thing. Funko is doing a tie-in with Scooby-Doo in their latest Funko release, which we saw in stores at Hot Topic. These mashups are awesome. The mashups are on point. Uh, Taz is Scooby is one of my favorite mashups of all time. It's just his necklace. Like, we're just the <laughs> collar, like, over and over and over again. It's really cool, really well done. You can also support the podcast over at patreon.com backslash this means podcast, where you can unlock exclusive content, including more shows that are not released on the regular channel. I also have an Etsy where I'm selling stickers uh, for laptops. And in, in case you have a broken mug, you can fix that broken mug with a sticker. Uh, whatever <laughs> whatever you want to use stickers for. Um, totally not brought to you by Acme. Totally not brought to you by Acme. But it is brought to you by Acme. And again, uh, you know, if, if you want to support the pod, there are new and exciting ways to do so. So look for those across the link tree. And I've been your host, Jonathan Graves. Sabina's been my wife. <laughs> For five Sabina years. Graves. <laughs> and producing partner on yes. the show. So, as we always say, that's, that's not, not all, all folks. folks. Have a good day and a happy Lunar New Year. And a happy Lunar New Year. <laughs> And before I go, I had a birthday celebration as well as the holidays that happened over the last couple of weeks. And I wanted to give some shout outs to fans of the podcast. Uh, that would include Dan Sinker, who sent me a really cool archived interview with Frizz Freeling. Uh, Dennis Salv Salvatier. Uh, he's the one who did some wonderful art uh, with the classic uh, McDonald's toys, uh, where it's Bugs, Daffy, Petunia, and Porky dressed up as the superheroes in the DC world. And they had these figures that came out. I had them as a kid. You probably had them as a kid. And he did these stickers and, well, he did art based on them. And then he made stickers and I was one of the lucky winners of the giveaway. So I highly recommend, uh, checking out his work over on Instagram and possibly buying a sticker. And then uh, Clement Diolo, uh, he is a contributor to the site uh, with his art. Um, he also does specific art just for uh, the podcast. And I wanted to give him a shout out because it's been a wonderful couple of months working alongside him on some of these projects. And the most recent one is up right now. And we just gave praise to the Brendan Fraser, uh, you know, Oscar nomination and it's really great to see um, this rejuvenation of Looney Tunes art in the in the world through the fans and keep it up I, I love seeing it